Hello and welcome to the 267 podcast. I am Ben, employee at the 267 project, joined by my regular co-host, Mighty Warrior, Mike Palin. That's the most positive introduction ever. I know. You can tell I've just finished assignments and I'm in a good mood. (laughs) I I think you were Little Gremlin under the stairs last week. This week, Mighty Warrior. I feel like I've just been promoted from the third division to the premiership in titles. That's what it feels like. Also joined by two guests, James Manning, uh, who I believe second appearance on the podcast. Yep. That's and right. first timer, Lizzie. Lizzie, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Mike, do you want to... Oh, actually, intro question. I'll cut that out. I need uh, to right. correct you, actually, Ben. You're not an employee. You're a contractor. <laughs> Building the kingdom. Wow. That's cold. <laughs> that's cold, Mike. I'm just saying, that's why I can't furlough you, Ben, because you're not an employee. Soon to be ex-contractor. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, intro question. Mike, do you want to, as we've got two guests, I think maybe we'll just have you describe our two guests and them to describe you as pancake toppings. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh. And you oh, have to ben, back up you your definitely, You're definitely in a good mood. That is a great one. I also uh, fancy pancakes. Pancake toppings. Okay, pancake toppings. Let's go for James first. It's going to be something something high in protein. That's right. Um, and and yeah, and quite de- and probably a little bit slow release, like banana. You know, a little bit of you know long term energy, and and maybe a bit of raw egg on top. Sounds you know like that whole you drink you drink a. I bet yeah. you do that, don't you? Drink the raw egg. I saw someone once just get an egg out of his bag and go <laughs> with the shell. <laughs> Yeah, not that. Yeah, I think James would be a nice high protein topping. Um, yeah, look, going for the long game. It wouldn't be like a delicate pancake. It'd be quite a thick. No. Not sure thick how American the banana pancake. and raw egg combo sounds. Yeah. Like. And Lizzie, Lizzie's a Lizzie's a tricky one. Um, Lizzie, I think Lizzie, the safest bet to say you, I think you will be. A lot of sprinkles. <laughs> I think it would be colourful. Nice. Uh, because you're very, you're a very colourful character, and I think it would be, it would be something you want to go back for more. Oh. Because you're you're quite a Moorish person, <laughs> so I think it'd be one of those nice sort of crowd pleaser ones, you know, where you get the mini marshmallows and the squirty sauce and sprinkles, and you look at it and go, yeah, I'll have one of those. Nice. Oh. Thanks, mate. I mean it. Do you, do you guys have a, a pancake topping for Mike? It's just bacon and maple syrup. Uh, yeah, maybe. With some of those, like, sprinkles that crackle when you eat them. Oh. Uh, what, the popping candy thing? Yeah. Nice. Uh, see, that's mixing sweet and savoury, which I, I'm a big fan of. Wow. Yeah, I the bacon. See. I have to say, I've not bought cooked bacon for two months. I know. I don't. Know. I don't even know how I'm alive. I, I've only bought one coffee in two months. How many Phil Englishes have you had? None. No. 
I haven't, I've had one breakfast thing. Wasting away, mate. That's a staple of your diet. How are you surviving lockdown? Uh, my treasurer's having fits because he's wondering what's happened to the hospitality budget. Yeah. <laughs> Just there not spending one. it. <laughs> There's a massive one, but it's, it's, got, it's not being used. You watch, come September, October, when we're allowed to play again, I'm going to You want to do um, it. team lunch in the office every day once we're back, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I did say to Ellie it would be Big Fat Treat Month every day. I'll make sure. See if we, we can we'll put into a diet. in August if we're allowed. Yeah, okay. Before I want to try and get Ellie, Ellie into a diabetic coma. That's what I'm going to go for. So much food. Is that going to be on her uh, employee review? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, shall we get rolling with actual discussion? Yeah. Uh, not that Do we need to pancake toppings isn't riveting. Yeah, do you now, want you might to wanna, If I say something, and then you can correct me, James and Lizzie. So my idea for the podcast, which I thought would be beneficial, would be to have a conversation with two people um, I love and respect, but whose journey this year of youth work has involved them leaving posts of youth work. So one, uh, James, you've just left. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie, you're about to leave, aren't you, in... What two months time? Yeah, and I thought it'd be really good to have a conversation about what that what's that like? Um, what have been the highs and lows? Um, and then we're going to chuck some questions in. Is that is that fair enough? Yeah. Yeah. him Ben, did you want me to just chuck out a couple of the questions that we sent around? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you as the your question. Okay. Okay. Take um, the lead, and I'll just interrupt annoyingly. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, the reason why I think it will be, I'm quite excited about the podcast, is I think because often in ministry, I don't know whether you find this, we, we talk about the good stuff a lot, which is important, but maybe we don't uh, share the heartache of youth work or ministry and that part of the journey as much as maybe we should. And actually, you don't want it to be that everything's all doom and gloom but actually we need to be honest isn't it we've talked a lot this year i know james and i have talked a lot about actually this whole it's okay to not be okay thing actually we need to be honest about these things with one another so i want us to have this conversation that is um has joy in it but actually has a certain honesty so my first question was almost like to to sort of set a a part a sort of bar really is actually what has been your ministry youth ministry highlight of your entire ministry if there was one or two? Uh, this is a great question. It actually allowed me to think back over what has been, well, seven years in total um, and think of the good stuff. Um, I think one of my favourite moments was I took a group of young people to Uganda on mission in 2015, which was just such a fun trip. Um, and we still look back on that. And that was five years ago. And it, Honestly, feels like it was only a couple of months ago because we can remember it so well. And I have such good relationships with a lot of those young people now. They're in their 20s, but we still get to kind of journey and do life together and and share together. Um, So that was a pretty special trip, actually. And the legacy of that is still continuing, which, yeah, is really special. That's very cool. Yeah, I think what you're saying, Lizzie, at the beginning, I think sometimes the reason I ask that question is because it is really good to come back to those moments that almost remind you 
of what God has done, why you got into this in the first place. Um, and they sort of carry us through maybe some of the more shaky bits, don't they? That actually, mm. That's why we do it rather than the other stuff. James, what, what do you think, bud? Yeah, there's um, loads. Um, uh, I think um, as I was going through these questions um, before we uh, started this, I, um, I think the main one for me was seeing the people like uh, Joe and Charlie, people who are my interns, um, grow through the internship and the process to then be the, the men they are now. Um, so seeing Joseph go from a 16 year old from when he started the youth center to to now um, on a DTS around the other side of the world literally um, just to kind of see the fruit that God used me for I guess um, absolutely yeah I and just because then that's such a lasting impact as well and I'm really excited to see kind of what they do and then of course as well like you just said one but just the generic seeing how the young people how they've grown um like seeing seeing uh, some of the kids from like year seven to year thirteen, it's just like, yeah. oh my gosh, you used to be such a brat, and now you're wonderful, <laughs> you know. And uh, but just seeing their journey of their ups and downs, their struggles, um, but also their their accomplishments and their achievements, and I think that's why it's. I'm feeling just as soon as we even start talking, just so emotional about it because it's like, you know, youth work is in my blood, but. And it's good to feel strangely sad about it. But mm. it's like, oh, I'm going to miss seeing these people thrive, you know, going through the highs and lows, the, the laughing and the crying and the praying and the frustrations of like, God, where the heck are you? To then like, oh, wait, he's mm. right there, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really weird. I was, while you were chatting, James, I was thinking that, you know, without using a geeky film analogy, I remember when we f I first watched the sort of first of the Marvel sort of films, maybe, you know, something like either the first Iron Man or, you know, the f one of those. And then you watch the very last one in the sort of current, oh, yeah. you know, the, the end game. And you see how all these characters have sort of changed. It is a bit like what you're saying. You know, this kid's a year seven with all the, the things that a year seven has it's like irritants but you 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 catch that little glimpse of i wonder what they're going to be like when they're 18 and then you journey with them right through to their 18 and you get to see this whole journey of how they've been through life up and down and you get to have been there with them and i think that's why we do youth work and why you know we say to churches don't employ a youth worker for two years yeah. employ them for a generation of youth work at least because you want to see him run through that. And the, th the other thing I was loving that I was reflecting on is that I've journeyed with you for that length of time. And so, you know, what you were like at James when we used to hang out was, was very different to how you are now. And Lizzie, I got to sit <laughs> in on your interviews when, yeah. you know, you were, you know, without being rude, you were a little bit of a, of a shy little thing behind <laughs> there. And you've got a little bit of hidden feistiness, which has been great to, see come out in your youth ministry and it's great to see that journey and i think you know i think it's good that you've been able to pick out those things of, of your own walk because then you get to you see it in other people's and you pick it out and it becomes a real encouragement that's great so here's the question going back in time again to when you were little what what do you know now that you wish you'd known then 
<laughs> parents are important. <laughs> <laughs> you might just be a youth worker going into like, a, yeah, think about the kids, you know, parents screw them. But then it's like, oh my gosh, wait, parents are like the key. I found personally, they're like the key to youth ministry. Um, yeah, super important. I wish that I kind of invested into the parents a bit more sooner. Um, yeah, be all things what? to people kind of thing. What was the revelation of that, James, of re- realizing that what sort of what sort of things do you, did you discover that you realized parents are so essential to this journey? Um, it's the amount of hours we spend with them compared to the parents. Uh, if we yeah. spend one hour a week with them, that's nothing, you know. Um, it was something like I saw this statistic the other day, which is just it's something like um, if a kid goes to church every sunday from being born until 10 um it will take the equivalent time um as a youth leader 492 years um oh my goodness a parent during that time just because we don't spend we only spend one hour with them you know and obviously there's that Mm -hmm. argument of like uh oh but quality time over quantity and stuff but the fact that if the parents are going for it in faith they're the most influential people in kids lives and actually if they're doing a good job as well then the kids are going to be going for it as well and i think when i first started as a uh, still somewhat proud um but a very proud uh, 18 year old being like no it's only about the kids and i think that kind of brings in a bit of my insecurities about my parents and stuff like that but then be like actually no parents are for their kids and yeah, they got rules, but their parents, of course, they're amazing and parents are always for them. But um, yeah, have to get them, have to be all things to all people. You can be a crazy youth worker, but actually be a normal adult. <laughs> yeah. Parents. <laughs> parents need a different thing off you, don't they? And that's, yeah, I think some youth workers find it hard to sort of move in those worlds that they can be the best youth workers, but actually to work in an adult environment sometimes is a little bit, it's a bit of an adjustment, isn't it? Because some parents are quite expectant of you and serious, and you get that sort of teacher mentality as well. And it's a real juggle, I think. If you only try and communicate to the young person how much of a, how much you can miss on that, because parents think, I didn't know about that. Or actually you need the parents to be in every conversation you're having. It was, yeah, that was my big discovery early on. Lizzie, what do you wish young Lizzie knew? That you now know um i guess kind of linked to what james was talking about but in the sense of like knowing that actually i don't have to be perfect like i think i had such okay. an expectation that i had to that i had to be all things to all people mm. and had to be super organized all the time and on it with communications and kind of just have everything together that yeah i'm kind of only realizing now that actually it's okay not to kind of have everything together and just to have a bit more grace for myself and that it's okay to try stuff and to fail and not to let that kind of impact who you are but just to kind of be like yeah okay we tried that that didn't work let's try something else um yeah i wish i'd i'd known that at the start i think i would have maybe done things differently or just been kinder to myself along the way. 
it's funny I think that's that, really um, good. Go a on, lot of youth workers sort of don't come in with that lesson because I think a lot of the job is sort of teaching that to youth and allowing youth to fail and sort of I think often we don't allow well not that I'm a youth worker but end up doing youth worky things often uh sort of don't allow that same kind of generosity to ourselves uh which yeah I think a lot of the things we end up teaching youth sometimes don't get applied to ourselves in youth work yeah. it's almost it's, it stops to be applicable because I notice in the world the world's very unforgivable of things people have done in the past and actually it could be 20 years later and people in the sort of press and celebrities they call out a behavior that you did 20 years ago uh, and almost hold it against you when all of us would be would be the first to say that actually I'm very different to what I was 20 years ago and and so actually how do we help teenagers do that but also actually church leaders how do you help church leaders be real warts and all and share that and I know it's really hard you don't want them to say share everything but it is it gives permission then for everyone else to say actually yeah I'm struggling or uh, I did mess up and it's okay because someone's gonna go okay let's move on yeah really helpful yeah so, I definitely go on Lizzie no go on um no, I definitely think that actually that's something that churches as a whole need to need to be better at implementing like I don't think that we're always very good at being real and vulnerable and and honest especially from the front um but actually churches should be the place where it's safest yeah to be real um yeah so i think it's a across the churches thing as well as just me personally <laughs> do you think it's rather than churches is it christians we have this maybe it's not quite getting grace maybe it's not really quite getting what real forgiveness is do we do we not allow ourselves to fall and then get back up? You know, is it, I mustn't fall. I must be perfect because I've got to be seen as being, I don't know. Is it James? No, it's what do kind you think? of, song? yeah. No, go James. Uh, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think it also brings an identity. I think with this time of me leaving um, my church role, being like when, when I was in my church role doing all this stuff and being productive and being great, like I'm amazing and God loves me so much oh my gosh and now I'm like he still loves me so much but I have no idea why because I'm as as my wife says she's like James all you do all day is grow hair and that's kind of what you do and I'm like yeah I'm just growing my hair um but it's where's our identity and actually like and maybe that's a bit of a side thing but we try so hard because we don't want to fail um mm but it's just okay. It's okay to yeah. do it. I think another thing I would put to that list is that um, let the kids do it because they probably do a better job than you anyway. You know, <laughs> um, give them leadership. But yeah. I think. And I think that is that, is how I think youth workers are very good at modeling that for kids. I think it then stops us that maybe yeah. we try and be honest upwards and it doesn't really go anywhere. And you, you find actually PCCs and accountability people and line managers they don't really want to hear that they just want to hear that you're doing a really good job and i think that's a real battle because downwards we're going to kids and young people actually you know share if it's tough uh, 
get some help if it's tough walk together in this you know look out i think we've we've maybe just scratched at something that we could do a whole podcast on but <laughs> so so link to that so the link to the sort of the stuff we learn as we do ministry if there was someone starting out in youth work and you were sort of had the chance to have a conversation with them what couple of gems of wisdom would you say it's really important you make this a priority as part of your rhythm of doing youth work what would you what would you tell them to do um dramatic i love a dramatic pause um so when i was thinking about this question um my first thing would be prayer which kind of sounds so simple but is probably the most important most profound thing like individually but also for ministry um and it can be so easy for that to be the thing at the bottom of the pile because there's so much admin to do (laughs) and planning and kind of meetings and loads of other stuff that you kind of prayer can become a last resort but actually I've realized that it it needs to be the first thing and when you're having those moments where you're like I don't know what to do here I don't have any inspiration or creativity actually pausing and turning to God in prayer and asking God to give you fresh vision and fresh creativity for planning a session or whatever it is um yeah would be my number one number one thing number two I need two um, off you, Lizzie. Um, okay, I'll go through all my, my, all my three. <laughs> um, my number two, which I know Mike is big on, is build your tribe. Um, so that is something that I was really blessed, actually, to have in place when I started anyway, um, because I did two years interning at the church that I was then a youth pastor at. I already had people around me that were supporting me and encouraging me and cheering me on um there's this one lady who I actually lived with when I was an intern um and she's probably my biggest cheerleader and I have met with her probably mostly every week for the past five years um and she's listened to my rants my like cries my prayers my hopes my dreams um and she supported me, encouraged me, prayed for me. Um, and so it's so important to have people that you can just be real with and and share the journey, the highs and the lows of youth ministry with. Um, so that's my number two. And then my number three is have a regular Sabbath. Um, I'm, I'm so big on this. Uh, having a 24-hour period where you just have space away from work and you don't even kind of think about work stuff. You don't plan anything, worry about your to-do list and just mm. rest and refresh and and spend time with Jesus and do stuff that you love to do that's not work-related. Um, yeah, those are my three. Joe, what's really funny, Lizzie, as you were talking, it's sitting there thinking they're so straightforward <laughs> and yet why don't we talk about them or do them? And I think it is, again, it's this pressure to achieve and get numbers and stuff like that. It's really interesting because if you would say to anyone as a Christian, you know, make sure you take some space to be with God and pray, we'd all go, yeah, that's, yeah, I agree with that. But then when you get someone whose ministry, whose sort of job 
is doing that, surely we should be saying, do that more because, but actually the voices maybe from the people that we work for don't allow that to happen as much as they mm-hmm. could. It's been really interesting. Um, while I've been sort of having breakfast each day, Kirsty's been working for a couple of hours already and urban saints have a daily prayer call. Even when they were working in an office together, they'd still meet every day to pray at half nine. And I've been almost like quite voyeuristic. I've been able to sort of listen in on these prayer. And I think it's such, it's almost that pattern, isn't it? That every now and again, they go, oh, I've got so much work to do. I haven't got time for it now. But they almost shake it off and they prioritise that half an hour together at the beginning of every day, every week. And I think that's probably... If that's the mentality of urban saints for the last 116 years, you can see why God has mm. blessed that organisation. If that's the sort of culture they've set, um, yeah, really helpful, is he? James, what are your three things you're going to put on a t-shirt? Yeah, I'd say Jesus. Number one, uh, I think expanding on Lizzie's points is really easy to just put that at the bottom of the pile. Um, yeah, as you say, yes maybe people don't allow it allow us to pray more things like this because it's just you just have to do what you have to do but actually it's um yeah it's so important it's i don't know how else to exp- it's just really important it's you can do great but god can do so much better you yeah. know i think it's uh the kids are worth the best not just great you know and um mm. i know i've fallen into just giving them mediocre material when actually god is like why aren't you talking to me about this um so that but also it's kind of like a slash it's just we're not as good as we possibly think we are but not in a negative way but just being like actually god is so much more so yeah i think another one is that uh just don't get bogged down by the rubbish church politics not and i'm not saying that in a way of oh i'm really unhappy with how i left my church no um you know really blessed by the people and i love the people at my old church and they're all amazing and we're not i'm not leaving on bad blood or anything but it's just like the extra things and the extra people and the extra church people who are like oh you could do this 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 and it's like i don't know i think that mixes in maybe with us trying not to be failures when everyone's trying to like yell at you saying you're doing it wrong it's like can someone just be nice you know um (laughs) um, yeah yeah so don't get bogged down by church politics and focus even more on jesus um and i think again as you say tribe like meet with your person so mike you're you're my person um meet with your people once a month you know maybe even every other week chat be Mm. vulnerable my gosh that's the most important i think god can only bless the the side you're showing him and if you've got 98 percent in like Mm. behind this mask you just you're not really going to get anywhere so vulnerability um yeah i could go on (laughs) i'm trying to (laughs) and it's it's modeling it's what we talked about it's modeling it to the young people isn't it actually if they're seeing us prioritizing sabbath and prayer and being honest then they'll pick up on that because they pick up our behavioral traits more than they'll do of anything we say and so if you can model that that'd be amazing Yeah. yeah that's really helpful ben anything to add um, I'm just thinking through on the idea of failure and success. Uh, me and James are in a home group together. Uh, with this topic kind of came up quite a lot last week in particular. Um, and 
we sort of landed on the idea of um, God already accounting for our failures. Yeah. Um, like in the story of Jesus, um, you know, Judas is actually a functional part of the plan, even if that is his failure being part of the plan. Mm. Um, and I think sort of not on the intentionally fail idea and things like that, but almost sort of God doesn't measure us in success and failure. Um, he, that isn't the scale he uses for us. And actually, I think sort of the thing that comes across in all of those things is when we do allow that sort of worldly scale of success yeah. and failure to enter into youth work, it can be quite damaging. Mm. Yeah. That's, That's, my That's really powerful, man. Yeah. And I was saying, James, you said actually, how mad is it that on your very best youth work day and you just sit in there growing hair, God loves you equally. Yeah. And and is proud of you equally, and died for you on the cross equally, and has got plans for your future equally. Yeah. And that measure, because like Ben says, that the worldly measure is says that actually what you're doing now is a waste of time, and what you're doing then on your best youth work day would have been great as long as loads of people got saved. And I think Ben's right. We've got to almost get rid of the the measuring sticks that yeah. are unhelpful, really. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah I think taking away the measuring sticks but to like our own personal um expectations of ourselves and uh and culture and all that kind of stuff obviously coronavirus is unprecedented time <laughs> one says um but actually the best thing we can do is just be inside i know it's really lame to say i was chatting with my best friend who's a paramedic and he's like um the best thing we can do like he was trying to encourage me i've uh, been like actually the best thing you can do is be inside it's the safest thing you can do. And that's the most giving you can do to this country at the moment. And to the people is be inside, even if it's just growing hair. So it's like changing my mindset of actually, I don't know, I try to cook every day so that it's like, oh, look, I'm being productive. Um, but random. <laughs> like, so no, it's a cultural thing, isn't it? We feel like we need to be productive or we need to do something to have value, isn't it? Yeah. Anytime you meet someone, you go, hi, what's your name? What do you do for a living? Yeah, uh, and straight away that shapes your conversation of who they are and we need to like you said actually when we bring faith into the equation you know that the hard thing is that actually we're quite replaceable yeah. you know but actually the flip side is that actually we're irreplaceable because we've been bought at a price and we're priceless um, without doing anything without messing up and without being the greatest youth worker in the world mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah it's quite a mind blowing thing so so maybe just push you guys a little bit. Why has maybe this last year been more challenging than others? Or maybe you don't want to be honest and just say it's been fine. What's the matter with you, Mike? <laughs> 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 um, so in being real, uh, this has probably been one of the hardest years of my life the past year um, and I've learned a lot about myself in the process and thankfully God is incredibly kind and faithful and is carrying me through and yeah has great plans ahead of me um, I think some of the reasons that it's been hard have been 
like some have been like personal stuff that I've been struggling with. So mentioning before around like perfectionism, um, I'm only now really discovering that I do struggle with perfectionism um, and realizing all the different areas of my life that it affects. I thought it was just that I like things to look pretty and be well written or in order, um, but actually it affects kind of my fear of taking risks and and decision making because I want to do the right thing all the time. Um, and so a lot of that has impacted my youth work and and kind of dreams and plans that I had that yeah haven't quite been able to kind of put into like practice and um the whole like identity thing of of feeling like when I'm when the youth work is going well then like I'm doing well and then when the youth work isn't going well then I'm not mm. doing well um and so it's been a journey of kind of yeah learning to separate those two and actually that my identity is only found in Jesus it's not found in what I do like we've already been talking about um and then I think also kind of just struggling with some miscommunications like within within church and yeah the, some of the ways in which situations have been handled that yeah were hard and and the impact of kind of negative words that have been spoken um yeah that have kind of yeah I guess caused me to yeah to just doubt my identity and my ability as a youth worker um and so yeah just taking some time to actually reflect on what's true and what isn't and what I just kind of need to leave behind and and things that I can kind of learn from and, and grow from moving forwards um so it would kind of be a summary of my my year I love that this is weird Lizzie I'm going to say it anyway the uh, weirdly I feel like God had a word for you why you were sharing which doesn't happen to me very often but if it's completely off piece Ben can just put in some music or something like that <laughs> but you ever see those films where someone gets the big heavy curtains of a room that's not had the curtains open for a long time and you sort of get the bigger and you shake them open and the sunlight comes in and you see all those little dust particles because and then the dust particle settles and the room is just filled with light and it hasn't for a long time because these big thick heavy curtains have been shut and i feel like god's almost just he's like going and just mm. opening these curtains and going, let, let me just show you some stuff here that has maybe been a little bit hidden. That's, yeah, take it and or throw it, it's fine. No, actually, that makes a lot of sense. And weirdly, this lockdown season has actually almost provided that moment of just being able to, like, pause and rest and reflect. Um, and the Lord has probably done so much healing in my life in the past two months, which wow. might well have taken years. If <laughs> <laughs> I was just running like kind yeah. of yeah. normal life, like doing youth ministry and kind of whatever else, actually being able to step back and, and not have the same like pressures and, and yeah, working stuff. So yeah, weirdly thankful for lockdown, not for, coronavirus but yeah, yeah. that's good mm. james reflections yeah. on a year yeah it's um 
I think it really started, yeah, set just really from September, it just started to get really sucky. So I was thinking of leaving my, my post probably for the last uh, two years anyway, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. I love these kids too much. They're amazing. Um, so I remember us, Mike, chatting about it. Uh, I can't remember, sometime. Um, when we could eat breakfast out. <laughs> um, and And it was really, obviously it was, I don't know. Yeah, so I was thinking of leaving anyway. Um, but it came to a point where the, if, all the, if the love of the kids here is like, this is high, but we're sitting down. So, um, but then like the church politics and all the negative stuff is here. And just over the years, it kind of just went, it went higher and higher and higher. And eventually the love of the kids wasn't enough mm. for the rubbish of everything else. Wow. Um, and then on top of that, the thing that just took it off, we had within a six month period, three kids, try to take their own lives and then one kid did it and i'm just like yeah i, ca I can't do this anymore i uh, investing into some these young people and loving them and then getting a call but like, yeah they jumped off a bridge or they tried to hang themselves it's just like wow that is heavy so that for me was the thing i was like i can't do this anymore um so i was gonna be taking a sabbatical um kind of away from church and that's a weird thing to say just away from it all um, just go make coffee. I love doing that. Worship the Lord and making coffee. Um, obviously all that stuff. Same thing. Yeah, man. Um, so I think, I think again, like it goes back to the important things of keeping on with your Bible and stuff. So I think that, I don't know, in the rough times, keep your tribe close. It's a good word, isn't it? But yeah, it's, um, I'm really good at just slowly just being in the distance and avoiding everyone when it's helpful um yeah when things get tough and i think it did and um i didn't tell anyone i was quitting until i quit <laughs> not even my line leader because i was like i don't want you to encourage me to stay because it's just messing with me too much now so um so yeah that's that's why it's super rough um but you know i felt really comfortable leaving my role um you know, and God is good and he knew all these things that were going to happen. So uh, exercising faith every day that he's going to mm. provide and all the other things, you know, so, um, but I wish I could say like you, that it's been a really good last two, three months, but I'm like, oh man, it's been, it's been okay. You know, um, I don't know. It's only because I was in a really bad place before the two months. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. And we, I've sort of been praying for a lot of people for peace I think in this time because it is this yeah it's something that's quite a powerful thing to to get when we don't know anything but what has what has God been teaching you is there anything that's sort of been at the very front of your sort of revelations from God that you've been able to hold on to and and take into this next season identity again mm, the yeah. of just like yes I was a youth leader Yes, um, I am still an amazing youth leader, just without a job. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm still me, and God still cherishes me for who I am. And I think that's a constant daily battle, because it doesn't matter if I make the best food for my lovely wife, you know, or if I just sit all day and watch Grey's Anatomy. You know? But actually, um, my identity is just in God. And um, yeah, that's what teach me which is surprisingly tricky when you've got nothing to do 
<laughs> and to keep believing. <laughs> um, it's but. funny you, um, you're learning that now, uh, <laughs> just because you've given me that advice before. Yeah. So I remember, um, <laughs> which is often the way, but I remember when I was at Soul Survivor, um, we'd yeah. have for a coffee uh, during one of like the calmer bits. Yeah. And I just, I had a job lined up for my gap year. It just uh, happened, didn't it? Yeah, that I decided not to take because I'd suddenly learned a bunch of stuff that yeah. I wasn't <laughs> super encouraged by about the church. Oh, uh, yeah. And sort of, yeah, was basically having a bit of a meltdown, which I think surprised James because usually when we meet up, it's, I'm a bit more sedated as usual. And then I was quite like on edge. Uh, and he gave me basically that exact advice then. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny when you end up learning it yourself, the advice you give out. Yeah. See, I think I did. I thought I already knew this, it, but it's like, it's like, what is it? Uh, freaking onions, man! It got layers. Shrek. Uh, <laughs> was like, it's just so deep. It's like, God just wants to take us deeper and deeper and deeper. And you know, like, yeah, God loves me. But now it's like God is trying to like be like, I love you, <laughs> like deeper. And, deeper. Um, and maybe it is you. You don't know how far you can swim until you've got to swim a really long way. You know, it's almost that until you're actually doing it, you don't really discover just what God's capable of, isn't it? And yeah, um, just sort of steering us towards some sort of end, but maybe dropping a few bombshells before we go. If and I'm trying to do this delicately, but also I need I, I have a responsibility to support ministry wherever it is. If you had a bunch of church leaders that could hear something you wanted to say uh with all that we believe about grace and uh and words but actually sometimes we need to hear difficult things what would you want this bunch of church leaders to hear from what you've learned this last season um i think kind of along the lines of stuff that we've already been talking about around just kind of dispelling the myth that people have got to have stuff together all the time. And I think what would be, I think what is really valuable is actually church leaders modeling that first and foremost. So them being real with their team. And I think with church, like obviously at an appropriate level, but when a church leader models that failing is okay and the days when stuff is hard that's okay then that gives permission for the rest of the team to do the same within staff team within church and within their ministries as well Um, and then that gives the church family permission to actually say yeah I'm not okay and I need prayer about this or Mm. I need to talk to somebody about this Um, and I think when that's modeled from the top down I think like as youth workers we try to model that to our young people um but it can sometimes be harder when you try to do it from the bottom up but if that comes from the top down then it just yeah. sets the level for the whole of the the team and the church to follow that's really helpful Lizzie James there's so many things I want to say <laughs> uh, like work it in the right way yeah, <laughs> I, I want to just but they're like, I've been really blessed with the church placement I had. Um, 
super blessed. I've loved all the people there and, you know, everywhere, any organization, any charity, any church is going to have different things. And again, it like plays into your own insecurities and your own sin and all your junk. So I just want to preface the things that I'm going to say, probably a mix of both of like church issues and my own like junk that I'm trying to deal, deal with. You know, I think that's important to put first, but I think that if you say that youth work's important, prove it. Like, oh, yeah. amen. Very <laughs> important is for the future. Mm. Um, meet up with them. Time, timing is, time is the most precious resource you can give. Um, so give it, you know. And if it's about investing our time, then invest it wisely into the, the right staff members, you know. And I think integrity is so important there. Um, I think another thing, just like keep away all the random rubbish you just don't need like i just if youth work's about the kids it's about the kids and it's about faith don't let other people's opinions stop the youth from like getting leadership from uh, serving church is an intergenerational church it should be it shouldn't just be a bunch of like one group i don't know there's so many different little things but um yeah, I think that that first one just prove it, prove that it's important, and give them a fair wage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we joke about that, but it's you know, it's true. It, it speaks value, doesn't it? It says that actually, this it goes back to your point, James, of saying actually, if if I believe in youth work, why why would I try and get it on the cheap? You know, yeah. if you want to get a really good pair of trainers you're going to go and get the very best trainers because that's what you want because you're going to spend money on it because the best trainers cost. And actually, if we want good quality youth work, then there's a cost and we need to pay it Yeah. Uh, because it says value. It says value into the person. It says value into the kids. It says value into what your church is about. And you're completely right. And, you know, don't ever be ashamed of saying that. Um, and the more and more jobs I see advertised for a 14 grand a year salary, it makes me just livid because I'm like, come on, you wouldn't pay anyone else that that was looking after adults, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very, yeah, it's a really good point, James. Mm -hmm. So just to sort of finish with, what is something you're looking forward to in the next six months? Maybe of it could be completely unrelated to ministry, something that you feel God's sort of putting on your next stage of your journey. What, what is something that's uh, approaching that you're really excited about? Even if it's a year away, because um, I know, James, you've got some plans yeah. in 2021. But yeah, just maybe both of us share uh, something that maybe God's just maybe put on the horizon for you. I'm looking forward to the everyday mundane again. You know, get up, have your routine. I know it's nothing about ministry per se, but just get out there, have a good time. I love people. I love giving people hugs and I love being with people and chatting to people and um, making them feel special. Chat chat about God to people face to face, not just over a camera. Um, yeah. I think that's the thing I'm really excited for most. Mm -hmm. Lizzie? Um, well, I finish in my role at the end of August. And then I have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing from September. Um, but I'm actually excited um, because I, 
I do believe that God has exciting plans for me. I have no idea what they are yet. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm learning to trust in God and to expect the unexpected and the surprising things as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what God does have in store for me. Um, yeah. So hopefully come September, I might be able to share what that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, James, Lizzie, you've both been uh, refreshingly honest, um, but also you've you've dropped in some real truth that I think is is beneficial, not just for anyone involved in youth work, but for anyone that's on a, a, a walk of faith about what's important, what sometimes chips us up. Um, but actually you've, you've given us some real wisdom and I'm really appreciative and part of me, you know, you're almost, and I mean this in the least patronizing way. It's like, you know, I almost like you picked on my friend. And so I want to come round and be, <laughs> beat up the bully. You know, I've got that sort of mentality that, you know, when anyone sort of doesn't treat a youth worker, right. I'm sitting there going, do you have any idea what a valuable priceless resource they are and how dare you not give them the value that God has given them? And so, yeah, it's, yeah, I've been restrained in, uh, <laughs> because I know where both your churches are. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm thankful that you've been able to reflect with such grace and humility and wisdom and my prayer is that actually, you know, we hope that Ben will tell you the, the hundreds of thousands of listeners we get on our podcast. Um, I'm sure, I'm <laughs> sure there's going to be a bunch of youth workers that actually we've talked about being honest. That's exactly what we talked about for a chunk of the time, but they're going to have heard two youth leaders that have shared a bit of their story. That's not been as straightforward and maybe they can grab hold of the story and then learn the things you've learned and God will take them through it because they know they're not alone. They know that it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with them because of what's happening to them. And so my prayer is that anyone that's listening to this, if there's a church leader listening to this, that they might have just discovered something that they didn't know before and it will change their behavior as a church leader. But also if there are youth leaders or kids leaders that listen to this, that they'll realize, um, yeah, you're not on your own and that, yeah, there's a tribe out there that wants to walk with you through this. Um, yeah. And these, these guys are evidence of the, the power of tribe. So I want to thank you both. Thank yeah. you. Thanks a lot, guys. I've been Excellent. quite quiet on this one because I've just been kind of listening and contemplating. And yeah, it's been great. Thanks for coming on. Mm. Thanks. Uh, I'm not fun. singing the jingle again, Ben. We, we cancelled that weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not been in for a few. What Lizzie, was the jingle? If you listen to the first maybe four or five podcasts, I had to sing a jingle in a different musical style. Um, let's but put now, it this way. I think he secretly My liked it because now he brings it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing it. I haven't asked you to do it for like 10 podcasts, Mike. But I'm not going to. <laughs> I just want to be discovered, Ben. <laughs> We'll release it as a separate song on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> the first two to seven that. single. Can we do that? Yeah. Just sure. another one for next year. I, I need some new fundraisers. There we go. Oh, album. There we go. 
Uh, well, let's, let's not push it. I think an e- e- EP at the best. <laughs> Live show. Great. Yeah. Can do uh, that. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next podcast. Thanks.